Hello and welcome to this episode of the Print On Demand Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Kerry Egler, here with my co-host, Adrian Von Arks. And today we are speaking to our good friend, Kate Hayes. She is an Etsy expert and she's also a Canva expert. She's also a digital products expert. She is absolutely amazing. And in this episode, she's going to be dropping some gems and secrets and some great tips on selling on Etsy or adding Etsy to your Shopify business. She's also gonna talk about how you can generate passive income with digital products and some of the amazing AI tools that you can use in your business. So you definitely wanna to listen to this episode all the way through, cause it is awesome. Real quick, before we dive into the podcast, I wanna ask you to subscribe to the podcast on whichever platform you're listening from. That helps us get this podcast out to more people and we just wanna reach people with this amazing information. So thanks again for listening. Before we dive in, here's a quick word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Gelato, the world's largest print-on-demand network. Gelato enables individuals ranging from e-commerce entrepreneurs to artists and creatives to establish their own global business. What makes Gelato truly unique is their focus on local production. The item being delivered is produced in the country that the order is placed almost 90% of the time, leading to numerous benefits for you, including lower costs, faster delivery times, and reduced carbon emissions. The focus on technology to bring together over 130 production facilities across 32 countries truly sets them apart. Not only that, they currently have the highest customer satisfaction score in the POD industry on Trustpilot. To check them out for yourself, go to sixfigurefounder.com backslash gelato and use the discount code POD playbook, all caps, to get 60% off your first order when placed within 72 hours. That's the number six figurefounder.com backslash G E L A T O. You can also find the link and discount code in the podcast show notes or in the video description on YouTube. What's up, everybody? We're here with my good friend, Kate Hayes. So excited to chat with her today on the Print On Demand Playbook podcast. Kate, how are you doing? Yes, I'm doing so good. Thank you for having me on. Excited to chat. Man, it's so good to have you here. I know I've had you on a, I think a couple of our Launcher Brand Challenges and you've yeah. come on as a guest speaker. You're so knowledgeable on so many things. So we're excited to, to dive in with you talking about like a whole bunch of different subjects today that I think are going to bring a ton of value to our audience. So yeah, we're pumped. Sure. Yeah, yeah, Kate, welcome, welcome, welcome. We're so happy to have you here. For anyone who's listening that doesn't know Kate, you know her now, she's killing it. She is has over 179,000 YouTube subscribers. So check her out on YouTube. She's got a ton of value over there. And I believe, Kate, correct me if I'm wrong, you've been doing this full time for many, many years. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. I've been, well, I've been on YouTube since 2020, but been an Etsy seller. So full time business owner, entrepreneur since 2015. So yeah. Right so on. Adrian, that means she is uh, more of an OG than we are, I believe. She's, she's got us beat by like one or two years. I Making also, us look bad. No, I'm kidding. I'm I also wanted to point out, I think Kate's the first female we've had on the podcast. I think that's awesome. 
<laughs> which is the first. Why uh, why don't we have more? Uh, we're we're no, gonna we have more moving forward. We happen. just like it was a weird coincidence that Carrie like brought up the other day. I was like, seriously, she's the first. I was like, all right, we seriously gotta line up more females. Because <laughs> she's only she's only like the third or fourth guest we've had. So like that's yeah. true. But yeah, it's awesome. Okay, that's You'll true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so we were kind of. Oh, go ahead, Gary. Oh, sorry. I was gonna say, let's transition into the first first kind of question here. Uh, we love Kate for you to introduce yourself and just tell everybody a little bit about your background, how you, how you got into Etsy, you know, where where did you start, and those kind of things. Yeah, for sure. Well, I started on Etsy, like I said, back in 2015, and at the time, I was working two different jobs. My schedule was kind of just hectic, like all over the place. I had my toddler son. I had recently just had my daughter. She was a newborn still, and it just felt like chaos in my life. Like it was just, I'm sure a lot of us can probably relate to that. It was just like my husband and I were missing each other. We had no quality time together as a family. It was just, we were kind of all over the place. And I heard my friend at work talk about this platform called Etsy, which at the time I had never heard of before. And it was kind of, I guess it had been around for a few years at that point, but a lot of people still hadn't heard of it. So she was selling jewelry, I think, um, on her Etsy shop. So I was kind of intrigued by that idea because I had always been very crafty and kind of, you know, I was always that per like that entrepreneurial person that was like trying different things all the time on the side, like all the different side hustles. And so I got on Etsy and like immediately loved the idea of it. And back then it was just still so small. And so like people were just putting crafts on there, you know, and it was like you could sew something up and put it for sale. And um, I just loved that. And so I tried my first attempt at an Etsy shop back then. Actually, I think my first attempt was before 2015. 2015 was when my actual Etsy shop kind of took off and had success. But before that was when I first tried Etsy, complete epic failure, which I think, Carrie, we've talked about before, the story behind that. But that was just a complete failure. I had no clue what I was doing. I ran into all these problems trying to ship things and so I got off Etsy after that first try. I was like, this is not for me. No, thank you. And then fast forward like a year or two later, and I was still kind of looking for something to do as a side hustle. And I think it was my mother-in-law at that time that was like, you should, I was, I was at that time selling locally. Like I was selling some different signs, like pallet wood signs and things locally. And she said, you should try to get online and sell these online. Like you could reach a lot more people that way. And I said, no. You know, I tried Etsy before that didn't work. And she's like, you should just give it one more try. Just try, even if it's not Etsy, just something, you know. So Etsy was what I was familiar with. So I said, well, I'll just, I'll give it one more try. Sure enough, I got on there and I determined this time, like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to really like put everything into it. I'm going to learn. There must be some kind of like strategy behind this. There must be some way that people are being successful. So I did some research, like I leaned in, I did some like research to figure out how do I know what actually sells on the platform? How do I know that what I'm wanting to sell actually is in demand and people will want to buy it? And so after doing some research and really being intentional about that, that second time I tried really took off and I ended up getting some bestsellers. And then that kind of eventually morphed into people asking me, like, how are you having success on Etsy? What are you doing? And so it was sort of transitioning into coaching people. Although at that time I didn't really consider it coaching, you know, I was just thinking I was like giving people tips for what worked for me, but then more and more people wanted me to coach them in that. So 
Um, in 2020 is when I hopped on YouTube because I figured I could have a YouTube channel and reach a lot more people that way. And so started just kind of putting out tips and strategies on YouTube. And that really took off. People were getting on Etsy more and more and wanting to know how to sell online. So really since 2020, it's transitioned. I mean, I still have my Etsy shops, but it's transitioned more into the coaching world online. And so I have courses and programs and things like that now that teach people both Etsy and then also digital products too. It's kind of morphed into that as well. So that is so yeah. cool. So good. Um, I love yeah. that story. Go ahead, Adrian. Such a, such a relatable story. Like so many times, you know, we hear about something like selling online. We hear about platforms. We try it out. It's like, just don't know at all what we're doing. I totally relate because my yeah. first online business, uh, at least for print on man was also an epic failure. I failed other businesses before that, but we wouldn't even talk <laughs> about that. It was yeah. my first business was a total epic fail because I had no clue what I was doing. It was so similar to your story. Literally, I felt like I was hearing my own story. Yeah. And then I, I tweaked some things. I invested in coaching, training and a community and that really elevated us and allowed us to take things to the next level. But I'm so curious to know um, when you went back and you, you cracked the code, first off, did you change what you were selling? And then second off, you uh, second of all, you said that you you mentioned you did some more research on what was in demand. I would love to hear a little bit more about that. What kind of how were you doing that research? What tools were you using? Because, you know, we know there's a lot of great research tools now out there, but I'm curious to know what were you using back then? And is it I'm guessing you're using different tools now? Right. Yeah. Great question. So in terms of what I was selling, yes, I did change. I was still kind of in the home decor niche. So that's what I originally started. But when I first, that first go round that failed, I was sort of just creating random things that I liked at the time they were like paintings. And I really, now that I look back, I'm like, I'm not a painter. I don't know why I was trying to do paintings, but at the time it was just like what I was interested in, you know? So I was trying to do like different types of canvas paintings and, you know, like one or two of them sold. But then I got in, like I said, I got into all those problems with logistics of how to actually do it. So then when I came back on later, it was still in that same home decor niche because that's really what I'm drawn to. But I did the research to know, like, I need to be able to, number one, create something that's in a style that's in demand. It's not just something that I like in terms of style. It's what's actually popular and in demand. And number two, something that I can replicate easily and, and can mm. be sustainable. So those paintings I was doing before were just kind of like... I wasn't able to replicate the same one over and over. They were just completely one of a kind, like handmade pieces, which is fine. There's a niche for that too. But for me, I wanted to be able to create listings that could sell over and over and over again, because I learned that on Etsy specifically listings, the way the algorithm works and ranks listings on Etsy is a lot I mean, there's different factors, but a lot of it is based on the conversion rate. So how often that one specific listing converts into a sale. And mm. if you're creating brand new one of a kind listings every single time, then you have no chance for that for your listing to make many sales like sales stacking basically on one listing. That's like a it becomes a mega listing. You know, it's like it just starts ranking and selling more and ranking higher. And so. I realized that this time around, I needed to be able to replicate and kind of have some systems in place. So to figure all that out in the beginning, I was just using really, which is what I still recommend first and foremost, is just using Etsy itself. You can have 
a lot of like easy, free research just by going on Etsy and typing in whatever product you're interested in selling and looking at the results that come up that are ranking on like the first and second page because they're ranking there, they're ranking high for a reason. So we can take clues from those high ranking listings that something that this seller is doing is, is right. Something's working for this listing. And so that comes down to looking at the SEO that they're using, which is search engine optimization, the keywords that they're using in their tags and titles and their description. Um, what style of photos are they using for their listing? I can take clues from that. Like what, what style of photographs are working for this niche? What are they actually selling and what style is it, is it in? What colors are they using? If it's digital, like what fonts are being used? All of that. So I call those trend elements. I like to look at those as like different elements that can change over time because trends come and go, right? So the color palettes that are popular now for certain niches are not probably going to be popular in a few years and something else will have taken its place as the new current thing. So looking at those different trend elements just by comparing the best seller listings on Etsy itself. Um, a great clue as to which ones not just are ranking on the first and second pages, but also the little bestseller badge. You can look and Etsy has a little badge that says bestseller right there on the thumbnail. So I just kind of glance through all of those listings and look for which ones are number one ranking high and number two, they have that bestseller badge. And those are the ones that I'm paying extra attention to, to, to figure out what trend elements are they using. Um, but beyond Etsy itself, you know, Etsy has the trending now page, which is a whole page of what's currently trending on Etsy. There's also Pinterest is a great place to look. So Pinterest predicts is one and then Pinterest trends is one. So Pinterest predicts is a website by Pinterest that every year makes trend predictions. And they're usually pretty accurate when you look back over the last year. So uh, Pinterest predicts is a great place to just kind of peruse and see what, I mean, not everything there is going to apply to every niche, but see what you can kind of pick and choose from of the trends that they're predicting are upcoming for that next year. And then Pinterest trends is telling you what keywords have recently been trending, like being searched on Pinterest. So that's another great tool to use. And then as far as Etsy specific tools, my two favorite are Sales Samurai and Everbee. So those are two that I use for comparing Etsy listings, for doing um, keyword research to see what keywords are highly searched on the Etsy platform. And even with both of those, you can compare top listings. So you can type in a keyword phrase and see which listings are the top ones that are ranking for that. And again, just compare those different trend elements. So there's just so many different tools out there. It's always changing. There's always new tools coming out, but those are probably my go-tos as far as doing um, that kind of trend and product research. Awesome. That was a lot. I was like madly I taking Sorry, notes. So as, <laughs> I don't know if you saw my hands typing below me because I was madly writing this all down. Uh, Everbee, I love Everbee. And it's funny because um, I sell primarily, like primarily on Shopify, but I still think Everbee is an amazing research tool. You can literally do the exact same thing that Etsy sellers are doing with Everbee for, for Shopify too. You can go on there, you can find best-selling products. You can, you know, reverse engineer the success. You can look at the clues, just like you were saying. Um, but this is really cool. Like Pinterest predicts, didn't know that existed. Uh, and I, I just, you know, I, I mainly do my research on Etsy, actually. I don't even go on Pinterest that much. So this is really helpful stuff. Um, yeah. I had a question. So 
kind of you talked about trend elements and you, you go on there and you you find these trend elements essentially you look for clues of success um i was wondering if you could share i'm sure listeners have this question i had this question when you were talking about it what are some trend elements right now that are really crushing it on etsy and really like online in general yeah, for sure. Well, like I said, trends always they're coming and going. So it's, you know, it's kind of tricky. You have to figure out what's currently trending. But some trends actually last longer than others as well. I don't know if y'all have noticed that. Like some trends stick around, for like sure. the farmhouse trend, for instance, mm-hmm. like in home decor. That has been around now for like, you know, at least probably 12 or 13 years, maybe even longer. And it's, you know, it's slowly going out and it's being replaced, but it's still really popular with a lot of people. So, mm-hmm. um, but then I think about things like digital products, which we're talking more about like fonts, color schemes, layouts, things like that, like graphic elements, what types of photographs are being used. Um, so in that niche, I would say in terms of like fonts, what I've seen are the retro, like hippie groovy fonts have been mm-hmm. really popular. Um, and then we're still, I mean, that's kind of more recent, but even before that, I would say minimalist, like those thin lines, um, the kind of modern looking, and then combining that with like scripty sort of feminine handwriting fonts. Like if you can have a pair of like a modern straight up and down kind of like sans serif font with a scripty handwritten font, then those pair really well together. Um, that's more for like, I'm thinking like people like me and they're like female business owners. Like I, I need templates for things in my business that I want to look stylish and I want them to look really cute and feminine. And, you know, so that may not be for everybody, but that's something I'm, I gravitate towards. And then that kind of light and airy feel still is actually really popular. That's been around for a while now. Um, but there's so many different, you know, it just kind of depends on what niche you're in, I would say. Well, what would you Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to throw in there too, as far as colors, like boho color schemes are like everywhere, have been everywhere for a while now. Um, And then those just kind of neutral palettes that are like, again, the word I keep coming back to is like modern and simplistic, but it's like just kind of all neutrals that work together. Right. Like the light pinks, the light browns, the light blues, the light. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That was my question. Uh, I wanted to know what you thought about uh, you know, color schemes. And yeah, that's exactly what I'm seeing as well. Yeah. Um, really I interesting. Jump in here, Kate. Uh, I gotta, I'm going to take it back a little bit more of a basic question about Etsy. Um, most of our listeners are print on demand and apparel sellers. And we, full disclosure, we teach Shopify for the most part. Like we're always talking yeah. about how much we love Shopify. So I'd love to know from your perspective, and this doesn't necessarily need to be to apparel and print on demand owners, but it's exclusively, but I'd love to know from your perspective, like, can you sell on both? Can you sell on Shopify and Etsy? And like, what would be some of the benefits of adding Etsy to your Shopify store and selling, you know, selling on both? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. I get that question a lot. Um, So I think, yeah, for sure you can sell on both. And I recommend that you sell on both because they kind of serve different purposes, in my opinion. So the way that I look at it is sort of like two parts to like a pair that work really well together. So Etsy to me is more of like the platform. It already has a built-in, a huge built-in audience of millions and millions of shoppers, right? So there's people that are like loyal Etsy shoppers. They go on Etsy and I'm one of them. Like I, if I don't know where to buy something, I'll check Etsy before I check Amazon even, you know, like I will go on Etsy and purchase first and foremost. So even if I don't know that this little bitty shop exists, 
if I'm going on Etsy to search for something, then that little bitty shop has my attention already because I'm already on the platform. So it's almost like a step ahead, especially for beginners who, you know, haven't built that brand awareness yet. They don't, not a lot of people know their brand name yet. They're able to reach that organic audience of millions of shoppers. Um, Now that makes it sound really easy. It's definitely not easy to break through because there's still competition and you have to know strategy going into it as far as using SEO and how to be able to break through and be discovered. But you are, you basically have all of those Etsy shoppers that are already there on the platform at your fingertips. Um, Whereas to me, Shopify is, is not a search engine and it's not a marketplace like Etsy is. So with Shopify, you own your own website, you're selling on your own e-commerce website. So it's a completely different setup, but a lot of people actually start on Etsy and then branch into Shopify, but you could do it the other way too. I think they can work together and serve different purposes, but with Shopify, The pros of Shopify is that it's a much more customizable. You can make it a lot more customized to what you want it to look like, what you want your shop and your storefront to look like and to be with the different features that are available. Um, It's your own website. So you don't have like shared control like you do with Etsy. You know, when you're an Etsy shop, Etsy can at any time suspend or close your shop, which kind of stinks. You know, it's like you're always wondering, like, I hope I don't do something wrong so my shop doesn't get suspended. But that's not a concern on Shopify. Um, so they're just completely different things, but I think that they can work together. And I think it's really smart to kind of diversify and be able to do both. Um, I do think that either way you need to be actively promoting your shop, whether it's on social media, or maybe you're growing an email list of people that you can reach out to, but actively and intentionally promoting and getting your shop name out there. And that's going to help both for sure. But I think, you know, I, I think it's a great idea for both. Um, I don't know that like I would recommend if you're a complete beginner, I think it's maybe wise to choose one or the other to focus on first. Like don't jump into both at one time, but once you get one up and running, then you can go ahead and kind of branch over to the other. Yeah. Totally that's agree. kind of the approach that, that we preach as well. Like just get, you know, make one your you go all in on one, get that rock solid. And then as yeah. a kind of phase two project expand out to either Etsy as a marketplace or Shopify as your, your primary online store. Yeah, for sure. Um, I had a question that I'm forgetting. Oh, um, <laughs> what was my question? It was, Oh, um, for Etsy. Um, oh, now I forgot again. <laughs> Give me a second. I'll, we'll come back that to my question. But, but another thing that, Another question that I did have was I noticed that you're starting to incorporate AI tools. You're starting to use AI. And right now it's really hot, especially in 2023. It's like with the introduction of ChatGPT at the end of 2022, just AI just started exploding. And we would love to know some of the tools that you're finding is your personal favorites for helping grow your business. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, I I agree. I think AI is something that has become sort of a, I don't know, taboo topic. People like love it or hate it, you know, but it's so it's like, 
I take the approach of like, I'm I'm not here to tell people if they should use AI or not. I think that as business owners, it's really smart to stay flexible and to be able to pivot with where things go in the business world, especially online. So I, my view on AI is I use AI tools to a certain extent. A lot of times it's as a starting point or it's to get ideas that I can then take further and develop myself. Um, but I mean, there's so many great AI tools that help save so much time. So ChatGPT is one for sure. ChatGPT can do so many different things, but it's basically where you give it a prompt and it tells you whatever you're asking for. You can even just have a conversation with it, you know, but like I will use it for ticket ideas for content. So I might say something like if I was a digital product seller and I wanted to make a bundle of like posters for a teacher for their classroom, for instance, I might go to chat GPT and say, tell me uh, 30 ideas of uh, or I might, before I even say that, I might say, um, what are some problems that a teacher in an elementary school classroom might have, right? And then ChatGPT can tell me some different problems that a teacher might be having. So I can use it to kind of get my target customer, my ideal of my target customer down, right? And, and figure out what their pain points might be so that I can create a product that would be the solution for them. So after I get an idea of like, oh, okay, this teacher has these different struggles in the classroom. How can I create some posters for her classroom that would help solve those problems? So then I could say to chat GPT, like, give me 20 or 30 ideas of posters that a teacher could print out that would solve this problem. And then I give it one of the problems it just told me, you know? So it's sort of like this process of using the answers you get to identify what content ideas, you know, product ideas you might have. It's really helpful when you sort of feel like you're just in this like creative rut, you know, like you can't think of anything, even for social media content, like give me 10 ideas for an Instagram post that I could, that, you know, would be helpful for a business owner or whoever your ideal customer is. Right. So that's what I love to use chat GPT for. There's also AI image generator tools. So there is, um, Dolly is one, Midjourney is one, Kittle has one that's been um, developing that's actually really good. Canva has one. So there's a lot of different ones, but it's basically where you give it a prompt. So you type in your phrase of whatever you want it to generate for you, and then it generates an actual image. So some of them are good. Some are kind of weird and like off. And you can always like continue to generate more and try to like give it different prompts. So you can revise your prompt to say, well, like, actually, I meant this and you give it more specific detail. And then it generally can give you more of what you're, you know, an accurate image of what you're thinking. But you can use those images, you know, depending on the licensing terms of whatever program you're using. But in general, it'll tell you how you can use this for commercial usage. So some of them allow commercial usage for digital products that you could sell and things like that. Um, but even if it's just for personal usage for your social media or whatever it might be, um, it cuts down hours, you know, of things that we would be manually like taking a long time to create. So I definitely think if nothing else, it's just a fun thing to play around with and to get some ideas with. And you might be surprised at like how useful it really is when you start um, trying it out. I have a couple follow up questions for you and you kind of answered them in there. But I did want to ask you about Can about the AI tools in Canva, and because yeah. we're going to talk more about Canva uh, in, in the next couple questions here. But I wanted to ask your opinion. So I think there's some good ones. There's some that aren't quite there yet. What has yeah. been your experience with some of the AI stuff in Canva? Yeah, for sure. Well, I actually just like recorded a whole lesson on Canva AI tools. So um, I agree. I think the uh, text to image app on Canva is still coming along. 
it's, you know, I think it's, it's, it has potential. It's not quite there yet. So a lot of times on that one, it also depends on the style you choose. So on that text to image app on Canva, you can choose a style. So you can tell it like, make this in a psychedelic style or a film style or cartoon or whatever. So I found that certain one, certain styles actually like turn out better than others as far as it's generating what I had in mind, you know? Um, but the, the couple that I've been really impressed with is Magic Resize has been there for a while now, which is super helpful for any kind of document you're making on Canva. You can magic, not magically, but it's AI, you know, like you can tell it to resize to a different size canvas, which is really nice instead of having to like manually copy and paste over to a new size canvas. Um, I also like their magic erase and the magic edit. So magic erase is basically where you can take a photograph on Canva and you can tell it, you can highlight one specific part of the photograph. Like let's say there's like a cup in the photo that you don't want there and you want some more like negative space to be able to type out text or something to create a graphic design. You can erase just the cup, you know, like you can just like highlight the cup and tell it to erase and it erases it. And it brings in the background color. Like it does pretty good about matching the the background color. So it just looks like the rest of the photo is the same, but that cup is gone now and you can have that extra space. Um, Magic Edit is similar, but instead of just erasing the cup, you can then tell it what you want to put, a, put there instead. So I might say, you know, highlight the cup and say, I want that gone. And instead I want you to put um, a picture of a notebook with a pen laying on top of it and it'll basically replace that. And so that's one that it's kind of coming along too. I've had some that have turned out really good with that one, some that have been kind of wonky when I've tried different things. But I think we just have to to realize that AI is still very new on the scene and, and these tools are still being developed and they're still learning and, and being made better. So you just have to know that going into it. Sometimes it's going to be kind of weird, the results you get. But as far as the Canva tools, I mean, I think that they have a lot of really cool options. Yeah, they AI is moving so fast. It's like mm -hmm. we do have to realize it's very much in its infancy. But what's crazy is like, where's it going to be three months from now, six I months know. from now, a year, a year. And then I'm thinking like five years. I mean, I heard some crazy stats the other day that like uh, chat GPT four is already has 155 IQ and Einstein's IQ was 160. And within within two to three years, it will be three thousand to five thousand times the intelligence of an average human. It's wow. like, oh my goodness, scary stuff. Like it's moving so it's moving so fast. Yeah. I didn't mean to make it scary, but it's moving so <laughs> fast that like we're talking about like Canva's not quite there, but it could be there in like a month. It could be yeah. like a whole different. Yeah, you know, it's just crazy how fast it's moving. Exactly. And um, I mean, it does seem like people are finding ways for AI to save them time and money already. And that's really where I think for us as online sellers, that's where a lot of the value is. Yeah. yeah. Kate, I'd love to dive into to digital products because we're, we're already talking about, you know, Canva and, and some things that you can do with Canva. Obviously, there's a ton. Like we, we talk about Canva with print on demand and apparel and those kind of things. But I know that you've been talking a lot on your YouTube channel about digital products. Would you start just by kind of explaining to our audience what is a digital product? Because we only talk about physical products, and mm -hmm. I think you've been mainly into physical products for the you know, majority of your, your entrepreneurial career. What is a digital product? What do you mean when you say that? Yeah. Um, so a digital product is 
you know, when you're selling online, it's basically physical or digital. So digital products are anything that someone would buy online that's not a physical, tangible item. So it's 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 basically a file that they're buying. There's all different types. It could be an image file, which would be like a photograph, right? It could be a stock photo. It could be a template for something. So for instance, as a business owner, I buy templates for things all the time. I just bought a template for a sales page that I want to build out on my website. And I didn't want to start from scratch. So I bought a template that I'm now installing on my website to be able to customize. But somebody created that template and sold it to me, right? So that's a digital product. There are printable digital products. So they might be files that are in Tended to be printed out like checklists or cheat sheets or calendars or planners. Um, there's all different types. There are, um, you know, digital business cards. So somebody might purchase. I, I always go back to the the uh, the business owner thing because that's kind of what I'm most familiar with. I'm thinking, of what do I purchase as a business owner? But that's a lot of like that's a huge niche in digital products or business owners. So digital business cards, you know, if if I didn't want to carry around physical business cards, but I wanted to be able to have a business card that's a digital file that I could show people on, through email or online and say, hey, here's all my information. I could buy a file for a digital business card that somebody makes for me. So there are so many different types. There are specific digital products that, to like certain programs. So, you know, if I use a, a system program like Trello or Notion, um, I can buy a basically a template for that. That's like a platform specific that somebody created a Trello template or a Notion template. Um, so there are so many different things. There's uh, digital planners people use for apps like GoodNotes. You know, instead of printing out a physical or buying a physical calendar or a physical planner, people are more and more using their iPads for planning out through digital planners. So they'll get an app like a notate, uh, an annotation app like GoodNotes or Notability, and they'll purchase an actual digital planner that someone has made and import it into their app, and then they can take notes on their iPad instead of having something printed out. So that's what digital products are. They're all different kinds of files and digital digital products that are are being used for different things that are not physical. Hopefully that kind of answers that. It's it's pretty wild how many different types of digital products you can sell. Like it, mm. you can't even I can't yeah. even quite wrap my mind around it. Like my my brother, so I just want to tell you about this cuz I think it's so crazy. My brother sells digital products. He has a Shopify store but also sells on Etsy and he what he sells is their their seamless patterns. Mm -hmm. And which you probably are familiar. And he pretty much now exclusively generates them through AI. Like he generates a pattern through AI and sells the digital, the digital file in his store. And I guess people put them on apparel, you know, if it's like an all over print or make blankets or I mean, all kinds of yeah. different stuff. It's crazy that there's like actually a market, like there's actually a really big market for this stuff. Yeah. Um, where where do you sell these kinds of digital products? What platforms and places can you sell them on? Yeah. So you can sell those on Etsy or Shopify. So both Etsy and Shopify allow for digital or physical products. Um, you can also sell on Creative Market, which is a great website. It's only digital products on Creative Market. Mm -hmm. um, that's one that is a little bit more like you have to apply to be a seller on Creative Market. They're very um, specific about who they choose. So they only choose kind of the top you know, they, they want to make sure that the people that are selling there actually know what they're doing. And so that you go through sort of a vetting process to apply to be a seller there. But um, 
You can use, like you mentioned with the seamless patterns, you can use, there's like a lot of crossover, right? Between print on demand and digital products, especially mm -hmm. with patterns and things like that. So you could be someone who creates patterns and you sell them both on digital products, like as digital paper maybe, or, and then you can use that same pattern and put it on, uh, as an all over print on a print on demand, like a mouse pad or something, you know, that would be a physical print on demand product too. So um, you know, there's websites like Spoonflower that you can do things like that on. So there's a lot of different ones, but the ones that I recommend that I'm most familiar with that I recommend are Etsy, Shopify, and Creative Market. Those are, I think, all three really solid, proven platforms that people sell digital products on. What would be some of the big benefits uh, to sell digital products versus physical products? Yeah, so... One reason I love digital products is the passive income potential. So we've, you know, hear people talk about passive income all the time, but it's it's really true that with digital products, you have the opportunity to be able to sort of like build, it builds on itself. So you can make a, a product one time and then you set it up if it's an instant download. Now it's a little bit different if it's not an instant download. There are some digital products that do require more effort per order. But if it's an instant download, like let's say printable wall art, you create it once, you create that file for the art once, and you don't ever have to create it again. It's created. It's an instant download. So then you list it on your shop and people can purchase it anytime. And you can literally be making sales like all day long and you don't have to do a single thing to fill the orders. It's there. They can instantly get the file, you know, whether it's Etsy or Shopify, you set it up to just instantly deliver. They can download the file. So you're basically amazing, making passive income. It's a little bit of active work up front to create the files, but after that it becomes passive. So that's one reason I love it is because then you're not, you know, we hear this term trading your time for money, right? Like you're not having to like physically fill every single order. And it's the same with print on demand. That's why people love print on demand because you don't have to, you're not the one that's physically having to like handle the products and package them. And so as someone who has spent so many like hours of my life, years of my life, you know, like <laughs> bleeding over, like, you know, just like effort and all the things with physical products. And not that there's not benefits to physical products. I understand that's like the main thing for some people. They only want to do the handmade and that's totally fine too. But when I started transitioning into digital, I was like, wow, oh my goodness. Like I have been missing it all these years. Like I could just be literally building this digital business and be able to make more and make more without having to like spend more hours to fill things. So that's the main reason I love digital products. It's also just super fun to me to design. It's just fun to like experiment with, to get on Canva. And that's one reason I love Canva is because it's so beginner friendly, you know, like anybody can get on there and just start playing around with the elements and fonts. And to me, it's just really fun to, to play around with that and come up with designs for that. So cool. That's awesome. I, I have a question going. So I, I had forgotten my question before, but I remember it now. And uh, this can appeal uh, apply to both physical or digital products. Uh, so I know that you sell primarily on Etsy. Is there anywhere else that you are uh, marketing your products or driving traffic to your Etsy store or somewhere else? What are some other marketing channels that you might consider using for that or that you are using for that? Yeah, for sure. So marketing is so important. I'm glad you asked that because a lot of people think they can just kind of like open up a shop and throw their listings up there. And then it's like cross your fingers and hope to be discovered. But really both on Etsy and Shopify or anywhere you're selling online, like you have to be proactive about marketing and promoting and letting people know that you have a shop because otherwise they're not going to know. So to me, 
the, the couple go-tos I always talk about are social media, which when I say sh- social media, people get intimidated sometimes. And I'm not talking about being on like all the different platforms. My approach is to choose one social media platform that you can really dig into that either you're already on and you're comfortable with or that your customer, your ideal customer is on and whatever makes the most sense in terms of platform for that. But be, somewhere where you can put out helpful content Because to me, the way that you draw people to yourself is by giving first and being generous with value and with content. And so we're not just getting on there like selling, selling, selling all the time, although we do have to be willing to to put kind of some sales focused posts out there when it's time for that. But to me, it's getting on there and serving your ideal customer. So first of all, you have to realize who your ideal customer is and what their pain points are, what their struggles are, where are they at on social media, and you're going to meet them there with content that provides a solution or an answer for them for those pain points. And so once you start to build that audience with they're getting to know you, they're starting to trust you and like you, um, then that kind of leads into the ability to say, hey, I have this thing for sale that I think would really help you. It may be it's the next level of providing you a solution for what you need, you know, um, So to me, that that happens on social media. And you don't, again, you don't have to feel overwhelmed trying to be on all the different platforms. I say pick one. You can always branch out later. So I'm on a couple now, but I didn't do them all at once. I did one by one until I got I got one really solid, you know, and then determined like I can probably move on to another one. But you do what you have capacity for, right? So just do one, hone in on the one. You can research strategy. So if it's Instagram, research Instagram strategy about for reels and stories and whatever content you need to put there. If it's YouTube or if it's Pinterest, you can research specific strategy for those platforms. And then number two is an email list. Like you have you have to have an email list, you know, when you're in online business. And it's something that's really, uh, I think people underrate and they don't realize how important it is to start from the beginning as much as you can. Even if you have no audience at all, you're starting from absolute zero. It's time then to start building your email list. And I wish I had started mine sooner. I went for a long time without even doing that. Um, but without a, without a doubt, email list is where the majority of sales come from in terms of marketing from external places, email drives, a huge amount of conversions. So those are the two, I would say to, to focus on social media and email. And, you know, you can talk all day long about there's like strategies for, for building an email list, for doing your landing page and offering a freebie or an opt-in or a lead magnet of some sort. That's like a whole different process. And it sounds intimidating, but it's really not. Once you know kind of the different steps to start, then you can get the system set in place and then it just kind of rolls on its own. Um, But I'm glad you asked that because I feel like that's something that people, a a lot of times beginner online sellers just kind of think they can start a shop and all of a sudden they'll just like instantly be discovered. And it Mm -hmm. just doesn't happen like that for most people. Yeah, man, I could not agree more with what you just said. Adrian, she was like, speaking our language like we're yeah she's like you're, you're you're repeating the same things that we say so often like we're such on yeah. the same page with so it's many true. of those things it's so nice hearing it from other people though to give our listeners validation from other sources as well but what we always say is start with one primary acquisition channel one channel to acquire customers and we strongly recommend social media and we said exactly what you said do something that you're proficient in and where your ideal target audience is hanging out where they're congregating whatever platform that might be become dominate that platform just that's all you need to have a ton of success is just one primary acquisition channel and then one primary retention channel which we recommend email marketing too we do talk about sms marketing as well but 
personally, yeah. I always recommend email first. I said, get, get email in place, set up some automations, start sending some campaigns, master email, and then sort of as a phase two approach, roll out SMS because that can be a great one as well. But uh, we always recommend email as well. So yeah, that was, that was so well said. And getting in kind of a follow-up question to that, Kate, and getting back to digital products a little bit is, do you feel like the marketing strategy is similar with digital products? I, I think a lot of the things you said there, I'm sure resonate with both, but is it any different with digital products or relatively similar to how you would sell physical products? I think it's pretty similar. I don't know that there's that many differences. You know, I think it probably depends what kind of digital products, because there's just such a wide variety. So for instance, like um, the courses and programs that I sell and that you guys sell, like those are considered digital products. Um, but I might have a different way that I'm wording an email to sell something like that. That's like a high ticket offer, as opposed to like, I'm selling instant printables that are, you know, a few dollars each. So I think there's probably a difference in terms of your messaging and the way that you're wording your emails, but I don't know that the, the strategy is any different. I think providing helpful, like valuable content on both of those, uh, through both of those channels and really meeting your customer where they at, where they're at and serving them. Really, it all comes back to just serving and being generous and helping people. And I think if you really are genuine about that, people will be able to tell. And then it's not, it doesn't feel like that icky salesy kind of thing where you're like, Hey, you know, like when you present your product, because you really are genuinely trying to help people and you believe in your product, you believe that it really can help them. Um, so it's not like you're trying to do this, this icky sales thing. It, it all kind of works together because it's genuine. So I don't think it's really any different. I know that, I know that after this podcast are so many of our listeners are going to want to know more about digital products. Like you've, yeah, that's one, the one thing from this podcast, podcast episodes definitely kind of blown my mind, the passive income, the opportunity that's there with digital products. Um, I know you have a free class coming up. Would you would you tell us more about what you're doing with digital products? You have a program coming out. You have a free class coming up. Tell us about what you're doing because I love that you're leading the charge on bringing yeah. this to our world. Yeah, that's great. Um, so yeah, we just completed developing our comprehensive course, which is called Digital Products with Canva, because we had just had so many requests from our audience who are digital product sellers. We have a whole Etsy course, and we touch on digital products a little bit in the Etsy course, but they were like needing help with the creation side of the digital products. So not just how do we sell it on Etsy or Shopify, but how do we actually create these? Do we use Canva? Do we use Adobe Lightroom? Like, what do we, you know, there's so many different softwares and tools out there. So this program that we just got done developing is kind of both. It's both the creating side and the selling side, um, but it really digs deep into using Canva specifically because Canva is just so beginner friendly and you can do so much and it's easy to just jump in and start learning on Canva. I'm in Canva every single day in my business, like using it for a million different things. So I just love Canva and it's just, it's a whole course on how to use Canva to start and scale a digital products business. So we do touch on selling as well. We have a whole module on um, Etsy, Shopify, and Creative Market as like the three platforms that we recommend. Um, but the rest of it is about the creation process. So we talk about you know, DPI, resolution, file types and sizing and aspect ratios, like all the confusing technical things that when you want to start a digital products business, sometimes you it's just overwhelming to think like, I don't know how to do all that. How do I make a 
do I make it a JPEG or a PNG or a PDF? And do I, what size do I do? And what, what is DPI and resolution? So all of that is covered and we're getting ready to launch that brand new course. So the, the class that you're talking about is the free class. It's called Digital Product Powerhouse, which is our basically live free training class that we're doing. Uh, it's soon. It's on September 14th. So it's coming up. And we're going to be like kind of kick, kicking off the launch of that new course with this free digital product powerhouse class. So in the free class, I'm going to be touching on all of that, basically talking about our system for growing and scaling a profitable digital products business. Whether you're a complete beginner, you can totally jump in if you haven't even like touched digital products at all. But it also goes through some more advanced strategy for those who are already in that world. So going to be super exciting. We're going to have a, a Q&A time. So I'm, that's what I'm looking forward to the most is just being able to answer, pe answer pe people's questions because it feels like people have all of these questions around like just the technical side of things. And I can relate because when I first started learning about digital products, that's where I was like, what in the world? It took me hours and hours of research and just trying to like piece everything together when I wish there had been somebody that could just like grab my hand and be like, here's the way, like do this, do this, do this. So that's my goal is to answer people's questions. Um, we're also giving out a free digital asset pack to everyone that co comes to the class live. So that'll be exciting. It's a whole pack of different like digital assets and elements that you can use in your designs. Um, so yeah, it's going to be super fun. It's coming up on the 14th. We have two time slots, one at 2 PM, one at 8 PM. Um, but it's completely free and yeah, I hope you guys can join us. It's going to be super fun. So September 14th, mm -hmm. 2 p.m. Is that what time zone did you say yes, that was? Yes, Eastern. 2, 2 p.m. and Eastern. 8 p.m. Eastern. Okay, so we're going to leave links down in the show notes. Make sure you go to that class. Completely free. It's called Digital Products Powerhouse. Yes. I'm just going to say right now, I think Kate is like an online business powerhouse. She's, <laughs> she's, she's got it going Thanks. on. Kate's from, an online YouTube powerhouse too. Yeah, like from YouTube to Etsy to Canva to, we talked about AI and there was so much gold in this episode. Kate, we really, really appreciate you coming on today. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. This was a, such a fun conversation. I love to, I could talk about this stuff all day. It's so fun. Totally. No, it's so fun picking your brain on this stuff and stuff that, you know, the digital stuff that we're not into that much. Like we, you know, we don't know nearly as much as you do about it. So it's so interesting to hear your perspective and um, I, I have one more question. If someone wants to reach out to you, if they want to get a hold of you, if they want to find you, where would you say is the best place to go? Yeah, well, I have the YouTube channel, which is just Kate Hayes on YouTube. And then also my website, which is kate-hayes.com. Um, everything is there. So all my programs and all the materials and everything are there. So probably one of those two places. Kate, how does it feel to have a really easy name that people can just find you really easily on the internet? <laughs> you, you know, you would be surprised. People will butcher it, actually. Like, I, I, yeah. You would think. Imagine but... being Egler. Oh, man. I can't even. Or Von Arks. Oh, yeah, geez, yeah. No, I can't even imagine. Oh. Well, again, Kate, we appreciate you so much. Uh, thank you for coming on. We're definitely going to need to have you back because yes. we could have a whole episode on Etsy, on AI, on Canva. Canva. I mean, yeah. you've got yeah. so much On knowledge. Trends. Break, so. Hey, I'm here for it. Just let me know. <laughs> You're a part of the family now. So. Yay. <laughs> Thank you so awesome. much. Awesome. Thanks so much for your time, Kate. We really appreciate it. And Thank all the best with the program. Yeah. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Print on a Mad Playbook podcast. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on whichever platform you are listening from. Thank you so much again for being a listener and we will see you very, very soon.